الله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ذلك الفيض belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds whoever Allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him i bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshiped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and i bear witness that muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger this morning bismillahi ta'ala we'd like to take the sixth uh, condition of the conditions of la ilaha illallah al-sharat al-sadis from the essay of al-imam muhammad ibn abdul wahhab at-tamimi al-najdi entitled adillat al-shurut la ilaha illallah the evidences for the conditions of the acceptability of the declaration of shahada the declaration of tawhid of la ilaha illallah الامام محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله says uh, الشرط السادس the sixth condition الانقياد بحقوقها يعني الانقياد بحقوق لا اله الا الله that is submission and compliance with the rights of لا اله الا الله that a person submits themselves willing submission and complies with the rights of la ilaha illallah and he says that the rights of la ilaha illallah its huquq are the obligatory duties here al-a'mal al-wajibah ikhlasan lillahi wa talaban limardatihi that a person yani of the conditions of la ilaha illallah is that a person submit and comply with the rights of la ilaha illallah and the rights of la ilaha illallah is that a person fulfill the obligatory duties for the sake of Allah alone having ikhlas doing them for the sake of Allah alone and hoping for the reward of Allah hoping for the pleasure of Allah doing it in order to earn Allah's pleasure Ali Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab he says wa dalil al-inqiyad bima dallat alayhi qawluhu ta'ala the evidence or the proof for this condition the condition of inqiyad or compliance and submission He said is that which is indicated in the saying of Allah wa anibu ila rabbikum wa aslimu lahu the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah az-zumr chapter 39 verse 54 and turn wa anibu ila rabbikum turn in repentance to Allah in obedience to Allah offering good deeds to Allah wa aslimu lahu and submit to him submit to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala submit oneself to his will turn to Allah turning back to Allah in repentance turning back to Allah by doing good deeds and submitting oneself fully and completely to the will of Allah the second evidence that the imam mentions it is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah an-nisa chapter 4 verse 125 wa man ahsanu dinan mimman aslama wajhahu lillahi wa huwa muhsin and who is better in deen who is better in the deen than the one who submits his face yani submits himself surrenders himself to allah while he is a muhsin one who is 
fulfilling the rights of ihsan, doing good, and that which is pleasing to Allah in the way that is pleasing to Allah according to his sharia and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ دِينًا مِنْ مَنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجَهَهُ لِلَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنُ This is a question, but the meaning of it is a statement. Who is better in deen than the one who submits and surrenders his whole self to Allah while he is a muhsin? It means no one is better than the one who combines these two things, Islam and Ihsan, the one who surrenders himself for the sake of Allah, surrenders himself to the will of Allah, and who does good, and he does that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated as being good, that which he has legislated in his sharia. The third evidence of Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, it is that which is mentioned in Surah Al-Luqman, Luqman chapter 31 verse 22, وَمَنْ يُسْلِمْ وَجَهَهُ لِلَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنُ فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَقَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْمُثْقَى And whoever surrenders his face to Allah, whoever surrenders his whole self, in total submission to Allah and doing whatever they do for the sake of Allah alone. وَهُوَ مُحْسِنُ And he is of the people of Ihsan, those who do good according to what Allah has legislated. Then indeed, فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَقَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى Then indeed, that person has taken hold of the firmest handle which will never break. يعني they have taken hold to that which uh, whoever holds on to it, then they would never go astray because it would never let loose of them and it would never break. And here Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab says, Al-Urwatul Wuthqa, he said it is, La ilaha illallah. And whoever holds on to the statement of La ilaha illallah, he said whoever submits himself to Allah and he is a muhsin, then indeed that person has taken hold of Al-Urwatul Wuthqa, the firmest handle which will never break, and that is the statement of La ilaha illallah. Uh, the, la- the fourth evidence, the last of the verses of the Qur'an that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentions is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also in, in Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 65 فَلَا وَرَبِّكْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَقِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجْرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَضَيْتِ وَيُسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He swears but no, by your Lord, they can have no faith. Yeah, and a person will not have true iman, complete iman, until they make you, yeah, and he is addressing the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. until they make you as the judge in all of the disputes or differences between them, and find in themselves no resistance or difficulty with your decision, the judgment that you have made between them, and then they accept, and yeah, they accept the judgment of the Prophet wasallam with full submission. And in this ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made three conditions for the correctness of one iman. And he swore by himself, فَلَا وَرَبِّكْ and, and it is not so that a person will have true iman. And I swear by your Lord, لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ that they will not have true or complete iman حَتَّى يُحَقِّمُوكَ فِي مَا شَجْرَ بَيْنَهُمْ until they make you the final judge in all disputes between them. And then they find no resistance with that which you have judged or ruled. Uh, and they submit with full submission and acceptance and being pleased with that which the Prophet ﷺ has ruled between them. The last evidence is from the Sunnah. Yani Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentions the hadith from the Sunnah. Qawluhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la yu'minu ahadukum hatta yakuna هَوَاهُ تَبْعًا مِمَا جِئْتُ بِهِ That no one of you 
will have true belief, true iman, until his desires, his hawa, his desires, or his whims, or his wishes, will be in accordance with, and will be subjected to that which I have come with, that which yani the Prophet ﷺ has brought, that is Al-Islam, the Sharia Islamiyah. Then the Shaykh says that this is the perfection of intiyad, yani that full surrendering requires that our desires be in accord with that which the Prophet ﷺ has brought. And this is the extent, and is the furthest extent of inqiyad, that a person surrender theirself to that which the Prophet ﷺ has come with. Then the Shaykh, in his explanation of this brief essay, Shaykh Al-Ubayd Al-Jabari, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him, comments on these evidences that Imam Muhammad ibn Abu Wahhab has mentioned. The first of them he said is the saying of Allah, وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ يعني, And repent, turn in repentance and obedience to your Lord. He said the end of this ayat or the completion of it, which Imam Muhammad ibn Abu Wahhab has not mentioned, it, it is, and turn in repentance to your Lord, وَأَسْلِمُوا لَهُ And submit yourself to him, to his will, مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَكُمْ الْعَذَابِ ثُمَّ لَا تُنْسَرُونَ Before the terrible punishment comes to you and then you will not be helped. You will not find anyone to help you. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering us to turn back to Him in, to, in repentance and submit to Him before the punishment comes from which no one will be able to find any help. Al-Imam Al-Barawi Rahimahullah says in his tafsir concerning these words وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ Turn in repentance to your Lord. He said that you should draw near to Allah. You should approach Allah and return to Allah with obedience. And returning to Allah by obeying Him. He said the meaning of submitting yourself to Him. He said to make the tawheed of Allah with ikhlas. Purely for the sake of Allah. It means ikhlas. Making the tawheed purely for the sake of Allah before the punishment comes from which you will not find any help. Then the Shaykh quotes from the great scholar Shaykh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi also in his tafsir of this verse he says uh, for this reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered the people to turn back to him in repentance and to hasten in turning back to him yani without delay. He said وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ يعني Shaykh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi says Turning to your Lord in repentance, it means بِقُلُوبِكُمْ With your heart. Yani turning your heart, opening your heart, surrendering your heart, turning back to Allah. وَأَسْلِمُوا لَهُ And submitting yourself to His will means بِجَوَارِحِكُمْ Yani with your, the limbs of your body. Yani turning your heart towards Him. Yani الْإِنَابَ He said it is turning your heart towards Him. And al-Islam here, it means surrendering the body parts or the limbs, meaning complying, acting in accordance with the commands of Allah. Then the Shaykh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi says that whenever al-Inaba, turning to Allah in repentance, is singled out, mentioned alone, without al-Islam, he said then it also includes the actions of the body parts. And he turning to Allah with one's heart as well as complying with the Sharia by acting in accordance with what Allah has legislated. Whenever it is mentioned individually, then it also includes the actions of the body parts. However, when it is joined, al-Inaba wal-Islam, when they are joined together, as in this particular ayah, then the meaning is as he has mentioned here. Al-Inaba means turning your heart back to Allah, and al-Islam means complying 
by the actions of the body parts with that which Allah has legislated and commanded us with. As for the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ وَأَسْلِمُوا يعني turn back to your Lord in repentance and submit yourself to Him. The Shaykh says the meaning of this, this is the proof or the delil for al-ikhlas, for sincerity. Turning to your Lord, يعني turning back to Allah alone, this is the proof of al-ikhlas. And he said that whoever doesn't have ikhlas, then their outward as well as inner actions or deeds will not benefit in any way whatsoever. Yani ikhlas is a condition for the acceptance of deeds. Then he said, as for the words of Allah, before a punishment comes to you, it means before a punishment comes that cannot be repulsed, that cannot be repelled, that cannot be pushed back, then you will not have anyone to help you. He said, it is as though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as though it is said, it, it is as though it was said, what is al-inaba and al-islam? And what are its parts and its actions? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers this by saying, وَاتَّبِعُوا أَحْسَنَ مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ Follow the best of what has been revealed to you, yani that which has been revealed in the Qur'an. Follow the best of what has been revealed to you from your Lord. Meaning, follow the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the explainer of the essay, Shaykh Ubaid al-Jabari, says, The tafsir of these two imams, that is al-imam al-Baghawi and al-imam Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi, he said the tafsir of these two imams, it is derived from tying the verse here, this verse under discussion, with the verse that is before it. In Surah Al-Zumr, chapter 3953, the saying of Allah, That all my servants or slaves who have uh, gone beyond the bounds, and who have wronged their own selves, transgressed the bounds in doing wrong and disobedience to Allah, he said, don't despair of the mercy of Allah. Indeed, Allah forgives all sins. Indeed, Allah is the forgiving, the merciful. Then this ayat, which is before the previous ayat, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, turn back to him in repentance and submit yourself to his will. He said, by joining these two ayats together, then this explanation that is given by Imam al-Baghawi and Shaykh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi has been derived. Then he said that the greatest of tafsir is the one that is supported by evidence. And that tafsir which is supported by evidence, it cures the sick and quenches the thirst of the thirsty. And what gives more clarity and certainty to this explanation of the, this tafsir of the ayat is that which is reported in the Sahih of Al-Imam Muslim. Rahimahullah and the authority of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Badiru bil-a'amali sittan Hasten to proceed with good deeds six things yani before these six things come a person should hasten in doing good deeds and this is understood from the previous ayat وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ that a person should hasten in turning back to Allah with repentance and doing good deeds that is the tafsir that the scholars have given for this ayat and this hadith confirms it and supports it and is in agreement with it where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said بَادِرُوا بِالْعَمَالِ سِتَّنْ hasten in doing good deeds before six things come and then he mentioned the rising of the sun from the west and these six things are things that have been prophesied 
And when they come, they are the signs of the judgment day. He said, hasten before 16, the rising of the sun from the west, or the Dukhan, the smoke, that would be one of the signs of the last day, or the Jal, the Antichrist, or Jabba, the, the beast that would come from the earth, and speak to the people. And the last two, he said, أَوْ أَحَدِكُمْ وَأَمْرَ الْعَامَ خَاسَ أَحَدِكُمْ It means that which is particular to any one of you. And here the scholars said that in the explanation of this hadith, that that which is particular to one of you it is his, the person's death before death comes to you and that which is general the matter which is general it means before the that which is general to all of humanity that is the resurrection day before these six things come a person should hasten in doing good deeds before the rising of the sun from the west or from its setting place and before the smoke and before the, the jail and the beast that would come from the earth before one's death and before the resurrection or the judgment day. Then the Shaykh said that this hadith and this ayat are in agreement or they share something in common and that is the encouragement of hastening in turning back to Allah and this is the meaning of Al-Inaba and this is part of the meaning of Al-Inaba that a person hasten in turning back to Allah. The second evidence that Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned from Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 125. Here the Shaykh discussed the meaning of this ayat, and he said, as for the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and who is better in deen than the one who submits or surrenders his face to Allah, and he surrenders himself to Allah with ikhlas, and he is a muhsin, and he do of good deeds, actions in accordance with the sharia. He said, the completion of this ayat, the end of it is, وَاتَّبَعَ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ Hanifa. And who is better in deen than the one who surrenders his face to Allah, Islam? And who is a muhsin, the one who does ihsan? And he follows the millah, the way or the deen or the creed of Ibrahim, salam, Hanifa, the one who was Hanif. He said, the meaning of this verse is there is no one who is better in deen and no one who is better in worshipping Allah than the one who has joined in his speech and in his actions between these two matters that is Al-Islam, surrender to Allah, and Al-Ihsan, doing that which is considered good according to the Sharia. So the meaning of this, it is that one should join these two things. Al-Ikhlas for Allah, sincerity. Al-Islam meaning here Al-Ikhlas. And Al-Ihsan meaning Al-Mutaba'a, or following strictly of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-Islam wal-Ihsan, he said it means al-Ikhlas and al-Mutaba'a. Yani Islam, surrendering oneself purely for the sake of Allah, and al-Ihsan, meaning doing that which is good, or that which is in accordance with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then he mentioned the statement of al-Hafiz ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, in his tafsir. Uh, he said that Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir rahimahullah mentioned in the tafsir of the verses surrounding uh, our verse under discussion from Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 125 he said that concerning this verse Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir says in that which uh, precedes it he said that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the reward for one's sins and in the previous verse what would be the recompense for people who sinned and he said, Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir says, it is of necessity that uh, the rights 
be taken from one who has sinned, meaning that they be called to account for it. Whether it is in this world, and that is better for the person that they be punished in this world, or whether it is in the next life and we seek refuge in Allah from that. And we ask Allah, we ask well-being from Allah in this world and in the next life, and His forgiveness and His pardon, and that He overlook our sins. And when Allah has mentioned the reward for sins, and it is of necessity that a person be recompensed, whether it is in this world or the next, then Allah has also explained His ihsan, His benevolence and His karam, His generosity and His rahmah, His mercy, in accepting the righteous deeds of His servants, whether they are male or female. And this is in the verses that are connected to our verse under discussion. He said Allah mentioned His benevolence and His generosity and mercy in accepting the righteous deeds of the servants, whether male or female, but with the condition of al-iman, that the person has to have iman. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear that in the previous verse before the verse under discussion in 4.124, He makes it clear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will admit those people into paradise and He will not cause any wrong to be done to them in terms of their good deeds and nothing would be taken from them. But whatever they have done, it will be called to account and they will be rewarded for it. Not even the least amount of a naqir, a naqir. And He said that a naqir, it is the spot or the speck that's on the back of a date, uh, a date stone, and yani the, the stone or the seed that is in the date, the spot or speck that is upon it, he said even that, something as small as that, it would not be unrewarded. And then, the, then Ali Hafid ibn Kathir said that we have already mentioned the meaning of fatil, and the fatil is the thread, or the thread-like line that is also on the date stone, uh, and he said that these words, Naqir and Fatir and Qatmir, that these are words uh, which indicate the least amount of a thing. Even the least amount, no one would be wronged in it, but whatever good one has done, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would reward them for it. Then Al-Hafid ibn Kathir, after mentioning the tafsir of that verse, then he mentions the tafsir of our verse under discussion, and who is better in being than the one who submits his faith or submits his whole self to Allah, he said, أي أخلص العمل لربه عز وجل فعمل إيمانا واحتسابا. He said that who is better in being than the one who submits his face to Allah. He said who is better than the one who أخلص العمل who makes his deeds purely, sincerely for the sake of his Rabb, the mighty and the majestic. And then he does his deeds إيمانا, having إيمان in Allah واحتسابا and hoping for the reward of Allah. وَهُوَ مُحْسِنْ And he is of the people of Ihsan. Al-Hafid ibn Kathir says the meaning of Ihsan, it is following in his actions what Allah has legislated for him and what he has sent with his messenger Muhammad wasallam of guidance and the deen of haq. Yani that the meaning of submitting uh, Islam, submitting one's faith to Allah, and Ihsan, he said it means Al-Ikhlas, making the deeds purely for the sake of Allah. And Ihsan, it means following what Allah has legislated and what He has sent through His Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa that is the meaning of Ihsan. Then Al-Hafid ibn Kathir says that these two conditions, these two conditions, uh, no person who does any deed, no one's deeds would be accepted or correct or credited without these two conditions, Al-Ikhlas and Al-Mutaba'ah, following the way of the Prophet sallallahu خَالِصًا وَصَوَابًا That it be purely for Allah and that it be correct. He said Al-Khalis, it means that it is for Allah alone and Al-Sawab, it means that it is in accordance with the Sharia. So that 
its correctness outwardly, it is in following al-mutaba, following the Prophet and its correctness inwardly, it is al-ikhlas, doing it sincerely for the sake of Allah alone. So deeds have to be correct outwardly, in accordance with the Sharia and the Sunnah, and they have to be correct inwardly, yani purely for the sake of Allah alone. So he said that whoever does a deed, and it is missing one of these conditions, it is corrupt and it is rejected. It is useless, it is fruitless. So whenever a person has lost ikhlas, then they are munasik, a hypocrite. They are those who do just to be seen by others. And whoever has missed al-mutaba, following the Prophet ﷺ, then they are astray and they are ignorant. But whoever has joined the two of these, then they are the one who has done the action of the mu'mineen. And then he quoted the verse from Surah Al-Ahqaf, chapter 46, verse 16. الَّذِينَ نَتَقَبَّلُ عَنْهُمْ أَحْسَنَ مَا عَمِلُوا وَنَتَجَاوَزُوا عَنْ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ Yani that those who fulfill these two conditions, they are those whom we will accept from them the best of what they have done and we will overlook their sins or their faults or their errors or their mistakes. Also concerning this second evidence from Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 25 the Shaykh in his explanation of these evidences says that the end of that ayat mentions وَاتَّبَعَ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفًا يعني that those who uh, who is better than the one who submits himself to Allah and is a muhsin and follows the religion or the creed or the way the millah of Ibrahim Hanifan. He said that those who follow the millah of Ibrahim they are the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and his followers until Yawm Qiyamah. They are those who are mentioned in this ayat. And this is, as has been mentioned in another place in the Qur'an, in Surah Ali Imran, chapter 3, verse 68. إِنَّ أَوْلَ النَّاسِ بِإِبْرَاهِيمَ لَلَّذِينَ إِتَّبَعُوهُ وَهَذَا النَّبِيِّ يعني that those who have more right to be uh, to Ibrahim, alayhi salam, are those who followed him and this Prophet, yani meaning the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And likewise the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Nahl, chapter 16, verse 123, ثُمَّ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ أَنِ اتَّبِعْ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفًا وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ When we have inspired you with this, yani we have inspired to you that we have commanded you to follow the millah of Ibrahim Hanifan, the upright one, and he was not of the mushrikeen. And the Shaykh says here that the meaning of Al-Hanif, it means that a person is inclined away from a shirk intentionally, who intentionally turns away from shirk. That is, they leave shirk knowingly. They know that it is shirk, not accidentally. They leave it. They turn away from it intentionally based on knowledge. And they turn towards the haq, the truth. Totally, they turn their whole self towards the truth. And no one can turn them away or stop them or repulse them. This is the meaning of Al-Hanif. That a person is intentionally, knowingly inclined away from a shirk and turned towards Al-Haq, the truth or Tawheed, with their whole total being. Then he says, so the summary of what is, what what this verse contains, it is two matters. The first of them is that a person and no one's deeds with Allah will be accepted or will receive acceptance until they combine al-iman, faith in Allah and ikhlas for him, until they have iman in Allah and ikhlas for him, 
joined with mutabi'a mutaba'at rasulillah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and following the prophet sallallahu alaihi way and this is the perfection or the completeness of al-inqiyad submission and compliance and it is the limits of al-inqiyad the furthest or the most that one can do in submission to allah it is in having these two matters al-iman and ikhlas in allah and following the prophet sallallahu alaihi the second matter that is contained in this verse it is al-hanafiya the hanafiya the upright way the true faith that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has missioned the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi with and what he has missioned the previous prophets and messengers that hanafiya it is millata ibrahim al-khalil alayhi salam it is the way the milla the faith or the creed of ibrahim the khalil of allah yani al-hanafiya it means the way of ibrahim turning away from shirk and turning towards at-tawheed towards the truth the third evidence that al-imam muhammad ibn abdul wahhab has mentioned is from surah al-luqman chapter 31 verse 22 the saying of allah ومن يسلم وجهه الى الله وهو محسن فقد استمسك بالعروه الوثقى that whoever submits or surrenders his faith his whole being to Allah while he is a muhsin a doer of good deeds in accordance with the sharia then he has indeed grasped or taken hold of the most trustworthy handhold and that is has been explained by Imam Ibn Abdul Wahhab in the beginning of this essay as meaning as taking hold of the kalima of la ilaha illallah Here the Sheikh says that in this verse Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us that the way of taking hold al-istimsaq the way of taking hold of the trustworthy handhold al-urwat al-wuthqa it is al-istislam lillah ma'a al-ihsan yani istislam lillah surrendering oneself to Allah with ikhlas along with al-ihsan doing that which is correct and right according to the law of Allah Also the saying of Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab that al-urwat al-wuthqa it is la ilaha illallah the sheikh says that uh, this explanation of al-urwat al-wuthqa has come in the tafsir of some of the salaf the early generation of the muslims and for any further benefit uh, and supporting this meaning he wants to also mention that which has been stated by al-Hafiz ibn Kathir in a verse similar to our verse under discussion that is the verse from surah al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 256 the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala man yakfur bit-taghuti wa yu'min billahi faqad istamsaka bil-urwat al-wuthqa lan fisama laha wallahu as-samiul alim that whoever disbelieves in the taghut the false gods and believes in Allah then that person has taken hold of al-urwat al-wuthqa the firmest handle which will never break and he said that indeed Allah he is hearing and knowing Al-Hamid ibn Kathir concerning Al-Urwat al-Wuthqa in this verse he gives a number of explanations of the scholars uh, preceding it with general explanations of this verse in which he said that whoever disbelieves in the Taghut he said whoever rejects the Andad those which have been set up as partners of Allah and the Awthan the idols and whatever shaitan calls the people to worship other than Allah everything that shaitan calls the people to worship other than Allah he said whoever abandons those things and who singles out Allah alone and worships Allah alone and testifies that nothing has the right to be worshiped except Allah he said that one is the one who has taken hold of al-urwat al-wuthqa 
He said it, and this and that person is, has become firm in his matter, in his deen. And that person is upright on the moral way and the straight path as Sirat al-Mustaqeen. Then the Shaykh goes on to quote from Al-Hafidh ibn Kathir in his tafsir. He said, until he mentioned the meaning of At-Tagut and he said that At-Tagut is a shaitan. He said that uh, this statement is a strong statement for indeed At-Tagut includes every evil that the people of Jahiliyyah was upon including the worship of idols and seeking judgment from the false gods and seeking help from them. Then he said, as for his statement, and this is our point of discussion, yani the ayat here, the point in this ayat which is similar to our ayat under discussion from Surah Al-Luqman, the, the, the point in this verse in Surah Al-Baqarah, it is the saying of Allah, فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى لَنْفِصَامَ لَهَا He said that the person, this person has indeed taken hold of the deen by the strongest thing that will help him to hold on to the deen. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has compared this to the firm handle which will never break taking hold of the deen he said it is like taking hold of a handle that will never break because that handle is strong within itself and the thing that you hold on to to that handle it is also strong it is very strong for this reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the person they would have taken hold to a strong handle which will never break then Al-Hafidh ibn Kathir says, the scholars have given various explanations of Al-Urwatul Wufqa, from amongst them he said is the statement of Mujahid, that it means Al-Iman. Al-Urwatul Wufqa, it means Al-Iman. Al-Suddi said the meaning of it is Al-Islam. And Sa'id ibn Jubair and Al-Dahaq, Rahimahumullah said the meaning of it is La ilaha illallah, as mentioned by Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab. And Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu said that Al-Urwatul Wuthqaat means the Qur'an. And Salim ibn Abi Jahad said that it means loving for the sake of Allah and hating for the sake of Allah. These are some of the interpretations that the early generations of the Muslims have given to the expression Al-Urwatul Wuthqaat that you will take hold of the firmest handle which will never break that it means Al-Iman and that it means Al-Islam and that it means the Qur'an and that it means la ilaha illallah and loving and hating for the sake of Allah. Al-Hafidh ibn Kathir said that all of these opinions are correct and there's no contradiction between them. Yani that all of them they are in accordance with one another and there's no contradiction between them. As for the fourth evidence that Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَلَا وَرَبِّكْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِي مَا شَجَرَتْ بَيْنَهُمْ until the end of the ayat from chapter 4 verse 65 he said in this ayat where Allah swears by himself that you will not believe until you make the Prophet وسلم, as the judge in all of your disputes he said here in this ayat Allah informs us that Iman inwardly and outwardly it is not achieved except by three matters. And whoever wants to achieve Iman inwardly and outwardly, then there are three matters that he has to fulfill. The first of them is making the Prophet ﷺ as the judge. And he said making him the judge in his lifetime was going to him and asking for his ruling, while after his death making him the judge means judging by what he has legislated, by his Sharia. The second matter that is necessary for one's iman to be complete and correct is that the negation of any difficulty or resistance in oneself at the time of the ruling of the Prophet ﷺ or the ruling that comes from his sharia. And this requires that a person 
must accept his ruling and that they must have an open heart and be delighted and happy and pleased with that which he has ruled. This is the second condition. To make him as the judge and then to accept and be pleased with what he has ruled. And the third condition is to surrender oneself with total surrendering and complete submission and compliance to that which he has ruled. Uh, then the Shaykh goes on to say that that which makes clear the meaning of this ayat is that which is reported in Al-Bukhari in the book of Tafsir from Urwa ibn Al-Zubair. He said that Al-Zubair, yani Urwa said that Al-Zubair, his father, had a dispute with a man from the Ansar concerning some water that was running through their area. And the Prophet ﷺ, when he ruled between them, he told Al-Zubair to irrigate your land. And he left it like that. He said, irrigate your land and then let, it, let the water flow to your neighbor. The Ansari man who was in the dispute with Az-Zubair said, O Messenger of Allah, is it because, yani have you ruled in his favor because he is your cousin, because he is the son of your aunt? Is that the reason? Yani questioning the Prophet's judgment, not accepting it and being pleased with it. The Prophet's face turned colors from anger and then he clarified his ruling in that matter and he gave the detailed explanation of the ruling in this matter and he said to Al-Zubair, water or irrigate your land and then hold the water until it rises up to the wall, up to the wall of your area, of your plot of land. Then after you get the full amount of water that is due to you, then you may let the water flow to your neighbor. So the Prophet ﷺ gave Al-Zubair clarification of what was his full right. In, in making a clear explanation of this ruling after that Ansari man angered the Prophet ﷺ by not accepting the original ruling which was uh, a fair ruling that was just and fair and it was in favor of both of them it was in favor of both parties uh, then he said at the end of this hadith that Az-Zubair said that I don't believe that this ayat was revealed Except in reference to this case, that is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَلَا وَرَبِّكْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّنُوكَ فِيمَا شَجْرَ بَيْنَهُمْ Then the shaykh says that similar to this verse that Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned from uh, Surah Al-Nisa chapter 4 verse 65, similar in meaning, uh, yani that requires the obligation of submitting to the ruling of Allah and the Messenger is the saying of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ وَأَحْسَنُ تَعْوِيلًا Yani that if you dispute or differ in any matter then refer to Allah and His Messenger if indeed you are believers in Allah in the last day and that is best for final determination. Shaykh Abdul Rahman al-Sa'di in his explanation of this ayat uh, and that which is before it he said that we are ordered everyone is ordered to return any matter that is disputed between us in the usul or fundamentals of the deen or in the furu the secondary matters of the deen whether in aqidah or in jurisprudence we are ordered to refer all of these matters back to Allah and his messenger. That means referring it to the book of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For indeed in the Quran and Sunnah is a decisive is the decisive clarification in all matters of difference, whether it is by an explicit statement or by a general statement, or that which is hinted at indirectly, or that which is indicated by ten B, meaning that Allah mentions something which makes us to understand another matter, or that which is generally understood from the text of the hadith, or that which qiyas is made 
through the general meanings of the evidences of the Quran and Sunnah. He said that every matter is, clar- is clarified in the Quran and Sunnah in one of these ways. And that is because the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because the deen is based on it and no one's iman will be correct and straight and right except it is based on that which came in the Quran and Sunnah. Therefore, referring back to the Quran and Sunnah, it is a condition for iman. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, in kuntum billahi yani refer your disputes back to Allah and His Messenger. If indeed you are believers in Allah in the last day, it means this means that whoever doesn't refer back to the Quran and Sunnah in matters of difference, then that person is not a true believer. But he is a believer in the Tabut, the false gods, as have been mentioned in the ayat after this one. Yani that those who seek their decisions from the Tabut, yani those who do not accept the ruling of Allah and His Messenger. At the end of this ayat he said, ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ وَأَحْسَنُ تَعْوِيلًا He said, ذَلِكَ it means, referring back to Allah and His Messenger, that is best for final determination, for indeed the ruling of Allah and His Messenger is the best of rulings and the most just and the most suitable for the people in the matters of their deen and in their worldly matters and in the end of the matter. Then the Shaykh says, what may be understood from these verses? The verses that Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned as evidences for Al-Imtiyad or submission and compliance with the rights of the La ilaha illallah. He said, what may be derived from these verses is the obligation of Al-Ikhlas, sincerity for Allah alone and the obligation of Al-Mutaba'a following the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and that these two things uh, Ikhlas for Allah and Mutabi'ah following the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam these two things are indeed the way or the road that enables one to hold tight to Al-Urwatul Wuthqa the firmest hand which will never break the second thing that may be derived from these verses is the obligation of Al-Intiyat surrender and submission and compliance to the ruling of Allah and His Messenger outwardly and inwardly, yani complying with it by our actions and being content and pleased with it in our heart. And this is yani what was understood or this was what was intended by the author Al Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab in using these verses as a proof for intiyad. It was this meaning that these verses indicate uh, the requirement or the obligation of submitting to the ruling of Allah. And all of these verses show that one must not only have ikhlas but also one must submit and comply with what Allah and His Messenger have ruled. Then the Shaykh says, as for the last evidence, the hadith, which Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab has mentioned, he said, as for his saying, the saying of the Prophet wasallam, that no one of you believes until his desires are in compliance or in agreement with that which I have come with, the Shaykh al-Ubayd al-Jabari, Hafizullah, says that this hadith has been reported from Abdullah ibn Amr, from the Prophet ﷺ by Imam al-Baghawi in his book of Hadith Sharh al-Sunnah. And it has also been collected by Al-Khatib al-Baghdadi in his book Al-Tariq. And it has been also collected by Ibn Abi Asim in his book Al-Sunnah, Kitab al-Sunnah. And others besides them. However, the Hadith is da'if. It is not authentic. And that is because all of the narrations of this Hadith center around a narrator whose name is Nu'aym ibn Hamad, rahimahullah, and 
Al-Hafiz Ibn Rajab Al-Hanbali after narrating this hadith has said that he has made this statement that this hadith is daif because of that narrator who was yani, considered by the scholars of hadith as being yani, an unacceptable narrator uh, then after this statement Al-Hafiz Ibn Rajab Al-Hanbali in his book where he mentioned this hadith he says as for the declaring of this hadith as sahih declaring it to be authentic he said this is very far from being correct for a number of reasons and then he explains the reasons why this hadith is considered to be weak and from amongst the reasons he said he said because Nuaym ibn Hamad al-Marwazi he alone is the single narrator through whom all the chains have come and this narrator Nuaym even though some of the scholars some of the imams have considered him as acceptable and even Bukhari has mentioned him uh, and he has mentioned a chain containing him however the imams of hadith they used to think good of him because of the strength that he had in supporting the sunnah and the sternness and severity he had in, ref- in refuting the people of who followed their desires the people of deviation and innovation and for that reason the scholars used to have husnidhan they used to think well of him however he has been accused of uh, narrating some false hadith in some of the narrations that was reported from him and for that reason when the scholars discovered and found that he has narrated manakir, yani hadith which are very weak then they finally in the end ruled that he was a, an unacceptable narrator, da'if then al-Hafiz ibn Rajab he goes on to say to the end of his discussion concerning this matter he said however after mentioning the weakness of the hadith he said however the meaning of this hadith in terms of the commands and the prohibitions and otherwise what may be understood from this hadith that no one of you believes until his desires in accordance with that which I have brought meaning the commands that I have ordered you with and the prohibitions that I have prohibited you from no one will have true and complete iman until he complies with that he said, as for this meaning that the hadith contains, he said, and also the meaning that you must love what Allah and His Messenger have ordered us with and you must hate that which He has prohibited you from. He said, this meaning has said that even though the chain of the narration for this hadith, the chain of narrators is weak, however the meaning is correct that a person is required to comply with the commands and the prohibitions of Allah and His Messenger. Uh, and that a person must love what Allah has ordered us with and hate what he has prohibited us from he said this meaning is contained in the Quran in a number of places then, then, then he mentioned some of the verses that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned in the beginning of this essay the verses which support the meaning of inqiyad or compliance with the commands of Allah yani obeying what he has commanded and avoiding what he has prohibited and from amongst the verses that Ibn Rajab mentioned is our verses under discussion is the saying of Allah فَلَا وَرَبِّكْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوا فِينَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِنَّا قَضَيْتْ وَيُسَلِّمُ تَسْلِيمًا yani this, the meaning of the hadith is contained in this verse that no one of you will have true belief until you make the Prophet as the judge in all of your affairs and then you find no resistance from what he has judged and you submit to it and you comply willingly being pleased with his ruling also he mentioned another verse which contains this meaning as a support for the meaning of this hadith even though its chain of narration is weak that is the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Ahzab chapter 33 verse 36 وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُ خِيرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ That it is not fitting or suitable for a believing man or a believing woman when Allah and His Messenger has decided 
any matter that they have any option in their affair. Yani when Allah and His Messenger decided the matter, then we must comply with it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse has blamed and criticized the one who hates what Allah loves and who loves what Allah hates. And then he mentioned the saying of Allah in Surah Muhammad chapter 47 verse 9 ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ كَرِهُوا مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ فَأَحْبَطَ عَمَالُهُمْ That is because they hate what Allah has revealed, what Allah has sent down and therefore their, their deed became fruitless. There is no benefit from them. And likewise the saying of Allah in Surah Muhammad chapter 47 verse 28 ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ اتَّبِعُوا مَا أَسْقَطَ اللَّهَ وَقَرِهُ رِضَوَانَهُ فَأَحْبَطَ عَمَالَهُمْ That is because they follow that which angers Allah and they hate it. That which is the pleasure of Allah or in which Allah's pleasure is contained therefore their deeds were invalidated. They were made fruitless. Then the Shaykh closes here with the statement So it is obligatory on every believer to love what Allah loves. That love which necessitates that he fulfills what Allah has made obligatory on him. Yani to love what Allah loves, a love that necessitates that a person does that which Allah has made obligatory on them. And if that love is increased to the extent that a person also does those things which Allah encourages but does not make obligatory, then this is even better. And it also requires that we hate what Allah hates, a hatred that necessitates that we abstain from whatever Allah has prohibited us from. And if that hatred is increased to the extent that it also causes us to abandon and avoid what Allah dislikes, and yani those things which He has not absolutely prohibited, then this is even better. And He says that this is, uh, it has also been confirmed in a Sahihain, Al-Bukhari and Muslim from the Prophet wasallam that He said, Yani this is also, this is from the quotation of uh, Al-Hafiz ibn Rajab. He said that the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith of Bukhari and Muslim, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من نفسه وولده وأهله والناس أجمعين that none of you will have complete and perfect iman until I am more beloved to him than his own self and his children and his family and the whole of humanity. Therefore no one will be a believer, a true believer. Uh, until he gives precedence to the love of the Prophet ﷺ over the love of the rest of creation and loving the Prophet ﷺ uh, it is subordinate and in conjunction with and follows the love of the one who has sent him yani we love the Prophet because of our love for the one who has sent him that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore the correct and true love necessitates that we follow and that we be in accordance with the love uh, of those things that are loved by Allah and that we hate those things that are hated by Allah. Yani true love requires that we love what Allah loves and that we hate what Allah hates. And then the Shaykh Al-Ubaid closes after this quotation from Al-Hafiz uh, Ibn Rajab Al-Hanbali from his book Jamil Ulum Al-Hikam. He said that it appears to me and Allah knows best or the knowledge is with Allah, it appears to me that the author, Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, has used this hadith as a proof in this matter because of the correctness of its meaning. Even though the chain of narration is not authentic, he said it appears as though he has used it because of the correctness, correctness of its meaning, as was mentioned by Al-Hafiz ibn Rajab, and the correctness of its meaning, he has supported it with a number of evidences from the Qur'an.
the verses of the Quran which he has mentioned. This is the end of what uh, this chapter contains and quickly we can look at the questions that are contained at the end of the handout. Uh, the first of those questions discuss a shart as-sadis, the sixth condition of La ilaha illallah and mention the previous conditions. A shart as-sadis it is al-impiyad and submission and surrender and compliance with the rights of La ilaha illallah and those rights are the obligatory duties doing them with ikhlas purely for the sake of Allah and seeking his pleasure. As for the previous conditions they are al-ilm wal-yaqeen knowledge and certainty and al-ikhlas sincerity and al-sidq truthfulness and al-mahabba love loving for la ilaha illallah. The second question mentioned a or an evidence for, uh, from the Quran for this shark, from amongst the evidences that Al Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ وَأَسْلِمُوا لَهُمْ and turn in repentance to your Lord and surrender yourself to His will meaning turn to Allah sincerely with ikhlas and surrender to His will yani complying with that which He has legislated the third question mentioned a delil which the author has mentioned from the sunnah for this shart or discuss the delil that the author has mentioned from the sunnah for this shart yani the delil that he has mentioned from the sunnah is the hadith uh, reported by a number of scholars that no one of you will believe until his desires are in accordance with that which I have brought and this, the meaning of this hadith is correct that a person is required to comply with that which the Prophet ﷺ has brought however it is also of importance to note that the chain of narration is weak due to a weak narrator that the scholars have rejected however also yani, there is no harm in mentioning, mentioning that hadith along with indicating its weakness uh, due to the correctness of its meaning that is supported by verses of the Quran. However, if we mention a hadith that the scholars have declared to be weak, then we should also indicate that it is weak even if and we have proofs supporting its general meaning. Question number four, and who can be better in religion than the one who submits his face to Allah and he is a muhsin? And how does this ayat indicate the shurut or the conditions for acceptance of deeds. وَمَنْ أَحْسَنَ دِينًا مِنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجَهُ لِلَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنٍ يعني this, as Al-Hafid ibn Kathir mentioned, this is a, a support or an evidence for the conditions of acceptance of deeds because the meaning of who is better in deen than مَنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجَهُ لِلَّهِ it means مَنْ أَخْلَفَ الْعَمَلْ لِرَبِّهِ the one who has done his deeds sincerely for the sake of Allah alone وَهُوَ مُحْسِنٍ it means, as Al-Hafid ibn Kathir said, whoever follows in his actions what Allah has legislated and what he has sent his Prophet Muhammad wasallam with. Uh, question number five, define Hanif in the verse and follows the religion of Ibrahim Hanifan. Yani, whoever follows Millata Ibrahim Hanifan. Uh, likewise, this Hanifan has been explained by Al-Hafid ibn Kathir as meaning uh, that a person turns away from a shirk intentionally, yani knowingly abandoning shirk based on knowledge and turning towards the truth, al-haq, with his whole being such that no one can stop him or turn, in, turn him away. Al-Hanafiyya, it is the Millata Ibrahim, the way of Ibrahim, alayhi salam, yani inclining away from shirk and towards tawheed. Question number six mentions some of the things of the scholars concerning Al-Urwatul Wutqa in the verse yani that the person who has grasped the trustworthy handhold فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَقَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى لَنْ فِصَامَ لَهَا Al-Hafid ibn Kathir said 
in the tafsir of this verse that the scholars have given various meanings from amongst those meanings is that al-urutul wuthqa it means al-iman and some of the scholars said it means al-islam and some of them said it means al-quran holding on to the quran and some of them said it means holding on to la ilaha illallah and some said it means loving for the sake of Allah and hating for the sake of Allah and Hafiz ibn Kathir said that these meanings are all in agreement there is no contradiction between them the last question mentioned the three factors required for Iman that are mentioned in Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 65 the saying of Allah فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ yani the three factors that he mentioned in this ayat it is number one making the Prophet ﷺ the judge in all disputes between us by going back to the Quran and Sunnah and number two uh, removing any difficulty or resistance or doubt that we have in what he has ruled but accepting his ruling and being pleased with it and number three at taslim at tam yani surrendering oneself to what he has ruled yani surrendering surrendering oneself and complying with that which the Prophet sallallahu have ruled subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك if there any questions or comments or corrections we may take a couple of questions quickly, quickly in the moments remaining the question uh, is the, what is the reference for the verse that the sheikh has mentioned in his sharh for this essay um, that is similar to the verses that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned concerning the requirement of referring back to Allah and His Messenger. It is the ayat in Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 59. That if you differ in any matter, refer it back to Allah and His Messenger, if indeed you are believers in Allah and His Messenger. If you are indeed believers, believers in Allah and the last day. And that is best uh, for final determination. Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 59.